Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. I'm excited to be here visiting you virtually. You know, thank God for all this modern technology. It's amazing the things that we can do in this season and time, even though I'm not physically uh, with you there in New Jersey, but I'm excited, Kingdom Living Ministries, to be with you uh, today virtually. You know, it kind of reminds me when, when Paul says um, that I observed, I wasn't there with you physically, but I observed you in the spirit. He was there with them in spirit. And I, I know now, even through this uh, broadcast, I am there not only through uh, virtual broadcasting, but I'm also there in spirit. Praise God. So again, uh, I'm excited. I'm Apostle Chad Collins, and uh, I just want to thank, first of all, uh, Pastor and First Lady Wright. Praise God. I'm excited about that. Where, where I come from, we still kind of use the old tradition of First Lady, so uh, it's, a, it's a term of endearment and honor. So we thank God for both of you and your precious family and your children. Again, it's, it's, a, it's a delight uh, to be able to come to you with the word. I pray that you all... Um, tuned in uh, on social media just uh, the other day, and it was so exciting with me and Pastor Wright as we fellowshiped and reminisced and talked about a little bit about the past, but really more so about uh, what the Lord is doing. And I know I have a right now word for you guys today, and I'm excited about it. Also, those uh, back in our Kentucky area, um, the Miracle Life uh, Ministry and Church in which I oversee, we have two churches. Uh, one in Louisville, one in Kentucky. Praise God. So I know they are also watching as well. So hello from me and all of us here at Miracle Life. Again, I kind of I wish I was there with you physically uh, there in New Jersey. I, I just have this thing about cities. Um, it's just been, you know, something that's always been in my heart. Matter of fact, sometimes I dream about cities. Literally, I dream uh, usually when God's going to do a move or show me something. He'll give me a supernatural dream, a prophetic dream to show me something in advance and typically either i'm involved in it or something to happen where i'm not involved but god you know uh, gives me some insight on that praise god so again i am so excited to be uh with you today you know i want to share a word with you uh i want to deliver a revelation that the lord has given me uh over several 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 years ago and i don't want to spend a whole lot of time about me i really don't i want to get right into the word and then as i began to uh, press into the word of God and begin to share what the father has laid upon my heart then we'll just see where the Holy Spirit takes us but I pray you came expecting um, this is not an ordinary broadcast when you, when the word of God goes forth all things are possible to those that believe amen without faith it's impossible to please God I want to say something to you really really quick this was just quick into my spirit you know um, the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God no matter how supernatural, no matter what title I have or anyone else has, you know, and the Bible talks about the children of Israel did not enter in because they did not mix faith with the word that was preached. So no matter how anointed a person is, it doesn't matter. They could, they have dreams, visitations, cast out devils, heal the sick, could preach the gospel. You know, the Bible says Jesus could do no great works in his hometown, and he marveled at their unbelief. You know, I want to say something before I get into the word of God. There have been times in my life where I have ministered, uh, or or maybe not just ministering, just observe things in life. And sometimes I literally marvel 
over the level of unbelief that's in the body of Christ. You know, God, it, it's already been established. God is supernatural. The resurrection itself sets the standard. Think about that. Anytime you begin to doubt or to wonder what God can do, cannot do, is he still doing miracles? Does he still heal the sick? Uh, is he still raising the dead and all these kind of things? Don't base it on some, uh, what, what we call jack leg preacher somewhere. Don't base it on someone else uh, as false or someone else, you know, who, who, who has fallen short. I found out a long time ago, I don't base my faith based upon someone else. Even if someone is some other preacher who may have missed it. I remember when I first started preaching, I used to do that because I was having all these supernatural experiences with the Lord. And I was so worried about getting off. I didn't want to get off. I didn't want to, you know, I read books about people who got off. And, and then I began to realize as I began to move into the things of the Lord and to the supernatural, usually the, why, the most time people get off, is there's various reasons. And you don't get off in one day. Praise God. It, it, you, you usually can find the root of those things, those situations. But I said all to say this is that I allowed that early on to affect how I would receive from God. And then I, then I really made up my mind. It didn't matter um, who fell, who didn't fall, who missed it, who didn't miss it. It was irrelevant to me and my walk with the Lord. So what I'm preaching today is the word of God. It's all about relevance to you and your relationship. Amen. I'm just going to put the word out there give you a good foundation, give you something to stand on where you can experience the glory of the Lord. If you don't know this, um, you're going to find out I'm a, I'm a glory preacher. Now, I don't do it because of some story or some fancy preacher, a story I heard from a preacher. Uh, I only preach what I walk in. If I didn't walk in it, I wouldn't preach it. I would allude to it. I'd make reference to it, but I wouldn't build uh, or, or, or build the house or the word of God on this revelation of the glory. Somebody say the glory. So again, uh, I, I pray that you are locked in, that your faith is, is, is locked in today because today you're going to experience impartation. Uh, furthermore, before I get into the word of God, one of the things I always say, one of the proofs of an apostle and the apostle ministry uh, we're just men, no different from anyone else in that regard. But the mantle itself, it carries, uh, it carries authority and impartation. So you, if, you, if you come receiving, Paul said to the Roman church, he said, I would like to come to you that I may impart some spiritual gift. I, I believe even when it's the word of God, there's a level of impartation. And today we're coming with a level of impartation. And that impartation is in the realm of glory. Jesus said, thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Amen. So we're going to come today with the glory. Praise God. The reason why I really believe God wants me to share the glory with kingdom living is because you've already been established in, in a level of understanding of the kingdom. See, Jesus said, thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Praise God. Amen. Some people don't know anything about the kingdom, the authority of God. Then there's the power of God, the dunamis of, of God, the demonstrate, uh, demonstration of his power, whether it be miracles, healing, salvation. Amen. The power of the Lord. But then the, the, the next realm, praise God, is the glory of the Lord. Amen. So today we're going to talk about the glory of the Lord. Exodus chapter 33 I'm going to go through quite a few scriptures and read some scripture to you. But Exodus 33, let's start in verse 11. Now, I'm going to read 11 all the way down to about 23. I don't always do that, 
but I feel I feel like I want to capture all of it. And I'm telling you, if you've read Exodus 33, you think you know it all about this text. You're going to get some more today. It's one of the most profound, loaded scriptures in the entire Bible. This is Moses, the man of the law. And in Exodus 33, it's sort of like an interlude. A time when he went up to the mountain, came down, the children of Israel sinned, and he goes back up. And God now talks to him about grace. Very interesting. You have the man of the law that God now, if you will, calls time out and has a discussion with Moses about grace. Very interesting. The man of the law now is talking about grace. Look at verse number 12. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people. And you now have said to me, Who thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name. And thou hast found grace in my sight. See grace? Now therefore I pray, if I found grace, number two, in, in thy sight, show me now your way, that I may know thee that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, this is God speaking, my presence shall go with thee and I will give you rest. And he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight. That's four times. Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated and thy people from all the people that are upon all the face of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will be gracious to you. And he says, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious too. And I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. So you notice all the way up into verse 19, the word grace is mentioned seven times. Do you know in the entire Bible, grace is mentioned more in this chapter, in this chapter alone, than any other chapter in the Bible, including the New Testament? Very interesting, huh? Then he says, and he says, thou can't see my face. For therein shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passes by, that I will put thee in the cleft of a rock, and I will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my parts, but my face shall not be seen. Now, chapter 34 is a whole nother revelation, and I won't get into chapter 34 today because we got enough to chew on in chapter 33. But I want you to get something that's so powerful. I want to go back to the very beginning of this. There's so many nuggets. There's so much revelation. It would take me a week to get to the entire text. But for time's sake, I'm just going to chip away at a few things, and I want you to get this. So if you're watching right now, lift your hands and say, God, give me revelation. Come on, lift your hands and say, God, open the eyes of my understanding. Come on, lift your hands right now and receive the engrafted word with meekness. I'm telling you, God is going to give us a right now word today in Jesus' name. Praise God. 
I want you to get this. I feel some preach on me. I'm not, I'm a teacher, but I feel the preach on me, uh, New Jersey. So God is bringing such a word to you today. Now, I want you to please get this. Now, you've may have read Exodus 33 a million times, but I promise you, I assure you that you're going to get some new revelation in this text today. Praise God. Praise God. Now, notice first and foremost, I'm sure you didn't realize this, that in Exodus 33, that grace in this text is mentioned seven times. But if I was to give this a title, I don't see, I don't, I don't have any notes. I don't usually preach from notes. I have the text in front of me, uh, the Bible in front of me. Uh, uh, but just if I had to give it a title, I would call this from grace to glory. From grace to glory. We now are living in, in a day where there was even a resurgent, a resurgent, some extreme uh, of the message or the revelation of grace. But I want to propose to you based upon God's word and let you know and what the Lord has shown me as well. The grace is not the final frontier. Glory is. The whole purpose of grace is to position us that we may experience the glory of the Lord. Now, I want you to stay with me because many times people, uh, they define the, the glory based upon their own personal experience. They hear good worship. They get the goosebumps. Oh, the glory of the Lord was there. Or they have a service. You get slain in the spirit. We say, oh, the glory of the Lord was there. Right? We have various aspects and perspectives in which we say it's the glory. However, the Bible itself has to define the glory. Now, before I get too much into the text, amen, I pray you got your pen and paper because I will give you some revelation. Uh, but, but we have to let the Bible define the glory. Now, first of all, glory can almost be an ambiguous term. It has many aspects to it. It depends on context. Right? For example, uh, a man got healed in the New Testament. A man that was born blind and was healed. And they said, you know, who did sin, his mother or his father? And Jesus said, no, that the, that the glory of God may be revealed. So in that context, when someone gets healed or someone gets, gets delivered, that gives God glory. But in this particular text, there is a special meaning of glory. The ancient rabbis uh, uh, called it the Shekinah. The Shekinah glory, which represents, it's a special aspect when you begin to deal with the person of God. It's one thing to deal with the presence of God. It's another thing to deal with the person of God. Hallelujah. Now let me say it again. It's one thing to deal with the presence of God. It's another thing to deal with the person of God. Let me say this. You can experience God's presence and not experience glory. But if you experience his glory, you also will experience his presence. So you can have presence without glory, but you cannot have glory without presence. Now, presence is a greater dimension, a greater dimension or a greater manifestation of God. The person, I'm ahead of myself, I'm going to get to the text, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to show you this in the text. But the person of God, remember the Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus is the express image and the brightness of his glory. Come on, someone. So the word Shekinah is <clears throat> not something you feel. The word Shekinah, it's an ancient term, it means brightness. So there was something interesting about the glory. The glory was the revelation of the light or the brightness of God. The Bible says that God the Father is the Father of spirits where there's no shadow or turning of darkness. Oh, somebody chew on that. The glory of the Lord. Now, I, I, there's so much to God's glory. So many aspects to God's glory. But I want you to get this today. Now, let's go back when we look here. It talks about how Moses in verse, I believe it was verse 12 or verse 11, it says that Moses 
the Lord spoke with Moses face to face. That's the key to everything. He spoke to Moses face to face. But yet something very interesting. When he begins to have this discussion with grace about grace, the, the Lord begins to talk to Moses. And Moses said, if I, have if I have found grace, that I may know you. Let me, let me put it in a better way. Moses says this, it, 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 Lord, let me find grace with you that I may know you. But yet, think about it. He, the Bible says that Moses spoke to him face to face. But then Moses, when he begins to talk about grace, admits that he doesn't really know the Lord. Yeah, better get that. Now he's a man, the cloud will come down, but in this conversation, he says, Lord, I want to really get to know you. What I love about this text is that it is a foundational text. It is a foundational revelation that every person can stand on. Moses is what's called a foundational prophet. Everything that God establishes with Moses is eternal. It has eter eternal implication. So what's embedded in this revelation is something that's not only speaking to Moses then, but is speaking to us today. What's embedded in the text is the theme of grace. But the theme of grace is to bring us to the revelation of glory. Let me say that again. What's embedded in the text is the theme of grace. Uh, but the revelation is glory. <laughs> so Moses has this talk with God. And he, and he talks about finding grace with him. He talks about uh, 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 consider this nation as your people if they have found grace. And then Moses says, if your presence kind of sounds like me. <clears throat> when I first got called to preach, I said, God, if you, if, you know, don't send me out there. If I'm not going to experience the things that I read in the Bible, if I'm not going to experience you on that level, Father, don't even bother sending me. Now, to some people that might sound arrogant, but I believe God was pleased with that. Amen. There, there are times in the word of God where God wants his children to prove him based upon his word. He loves when his children believe him for the supernatural. He loves when his children believe him for his promises. For the Bible says the promises of God are yes and amen to the glory of God. Amen. So you got to sometimes put a demand on the promise of God. So I, I, that's the way I always was. I said, God, don't send me out there. I don't just want to be ordinary. I said, God, there's all kind of things I could do in the world. Now, don't get me wrong. I do whatever you want me to do. Who am I? Right? It doesn't matter. If you want me to paint the walls, I'll paint the wall. But God, if you send me out there, oh, Father, make sure your presence goes with me. Has anybody ever prayed that with the Lord before? I want to say this right now to someone that's watching. Never satisfy, be satisfied for anything less than his presence. I believe a lot of the issue with the church today is that people have a lot of head knowledge. They know the Bible. I mean, you, you get access to Bible. I remember when I first got saved, you still had to go buy a concordance. You still had to go to the bookstore. I didn't have internet. I'm not that old, but I just I didn't have internet. I couldn't, I couldn't Google search the word of God. I had to go to the library. I had to go buy a book. And, and, and by the time you figure stuff out, years have moved because you didn't have the resources. Now, just, just simply by hitting search, Sometimes, in most cases, that's good. Sometimes it's bad because sometimes people get into other stuff that's not of God. But the bottom line is this, is that now in our modern culture, we have access to so much revelation, so much information. Amen? Uh, amen? But we must experience 
his presence. So important. He said, Lord, I want your presence to go with me. Hallelujah. And God says, check. I'll go with you. My presence will go with you. Now, most of us, we will stop there. Most of us saw us, well, man, all right, I'm good. I mean, I went to church. They played a good, I mean, my favorite worship song. I went beyond the veil. I, I, we, we, I mean, we really began to worship, and I sensed his presence. Woo, we had service. I can't say you're wrong. The Bible says in his presence is the fullness of joy, and in his right hand are many pleasures. However, I love how Moses negotiates with God. See, the issue is, is that Moses, even though it says that Moses dealt with God face to face, God was always, up until this time, behind the cloud. What we didn't read is that when Moses would go to his tent, the cloud would come down on his tent. So in that holy presence of the Lord. But Moses, his spiritual curiosity, he said, here's what he's saying. He said, God, appreciate it. I've seen the cloud, but can you move the cloud? Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the, 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 your presence. It's still kind of ambiguous. I don't know everything. Reason why he's saying, God, if I found grace, I can really get to know you. But God, I can't really get to really know you the way I want to know you as long as you're wrapped up in that cloud. He's actually saying, God, I, I hope this is not too bold. Now, I'm paraphrasing, but you can tell by the text of the, of the, of, of the way it's written that there is some, there's some reverence there. He, he, he's asking. He's, it's almost like he's taking a shot. He, he's asking something up until this time, other than maybe somebody like an Enoch or something, until this time no one had ever seen. He's, he's asking God, for something he's not even sure that he's able to give him. And he's saying, God, I thank you for the cloud. Oh, my God, your presence. Thank God for the Holy Ghost goosebumps. Thank God for the anointing and the miracles that you did in Egypt. We crossed the Red Sea, the great mighty miracle. I mean, most of us, we have, would have been content and rightly so. But Moses had got a taste of God's presence. And he says, okay, God, you say I found grace? Another word for grace is favor. I, I love this. I love the audacity of Moses. If you were taking points, the first point would be the audacity of Moses. You have to be audacious when it comes to God. And he says, I found grace. I, I, grace, I found favor. Okay. Since I found so much favor, is that, that's what you call it, right, God? Okay. Since I found so much favor, can you move the cloud? I want to see your glory. Could you imagine Moses is having this supernatural conversation with the Almighty? Now, God would speak audibly, but not all the time with Moses. I believe, based upon understanding Scripture and how the way the Lord works, that this is, an, this is God is speaking to Moses as inward man. But yet from the cloud, but speaking to Moses, Moses and God are having this private conversation. And could you imagine 
what Moses is thinking. And I love what God says. Everything else, God told him yes. And then he comes back again and says, okay, since you have found grace, please get this. Since you have found grace, I will show you my glory. You know what I love about that is? He didn't say because you're Moses. He didn't say because you kept the law. He said because you found grace. See, the Bible says that we have now found grace in Christ Jesus. See, Moses is a foundational prophet. When you go back as we read this text, Moses, God is using Moses to lay the foundation. And remember, Christ comes and fulfills all things. So the foundation is laid in Moses, but it's fulfilled in Christ. Remember, Jesus is a foundational. Jesus talks about foundation. He talks with Peter one time. He says, whom do they say that I am? They said, some of you said, some of them say that you are the prophets or you are Elijah, you are John the Baptist, come back to life. And then he asked Peter, uh, Simon, he says, who do you say that I am? And he says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. That's a revelation right there. It's so powerful. And then he turns to Simon and says, now you're Peter. I don't have time to preach this today. But see, when you get a revelation of him, he'll tell you who you are. See, it's not good enough. I know this is going to sound, it's going to mess up your theology. It's not good enough just to know who he is. You cannot fulfill destiny and purpose only knowing who he is. He has to also tell you who you are. See, he had to tell Simon that he was Peter because he knew he had divine purpose and he had, he had a purpose for him. So not only did, he get a, did, did Peter get a revelation of Jesus, but Peter, Simon, I should say, got a revelation that he's Peter. But then Jesus says, speaking of foundation, upon this rock, I should establish my church, that rock, that revelation, that foundation of truth. So Jesus, or even God, God is a foundational God. He builds everything on foundation. He built the earth on a foundation. He built the heavens on a foundation. His word is a foundation. This conversation with Moses, the reason why it's recorded, because it's a foundation. So when God establishes a foundation, that means he has to continue building on it until it's complete. So he didn't just leave it out there, out to dry. It wasn't your Moses thing. It's a foundation thing. If it was just a Moses thing, then it would just be a Moses thing. It, but, but it's deeper than Moses. That's why he's, he, he said, I'm going to give you my presence. Uh, you have found grace. You have found favor with me. It's not because you're just Moses. It's because you found something. You have found grace. <clears throat> and because you have found grace, hmm, I'll show you my glory. And here's what happens, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you ever thought about it. You got to use your spiritual imagination. Now, I, I'm only here with you one day. Now, if I, if, if I was here with you for a whole week, we'd probably teach and take our time. So I'm just going to give you one real good message, hit you real quick. Amen. We're going to pray and pray God download everything else to you. Praise the Lord. So here's the thing about it. He has this conversation. The Lord grants it to him. Notice. He says, because you found grace. That's the foundation. So he's given the prerequisite for glory. It's not because he's Moses. It's because of what he found. I'll let you chew on that for about three, for about three seconds. 
so then the Lord does something supernatural he literally removes the cloud and he comes down and he walks past him now God makes a condition with Moses he says I'm going to show you my glory Moses but you can't see my face why his face very interesting when you know the Hebrew language at least biblical Hebrew Many times in biblical Hebrew, the word presence, in the English, even in this text, the word presence is there. It's almost, the, the Hebrew language is a little bit different, it's unique, it has layers to it. It's almost a mystical language, I don't mean that in a sacrilegious way, I mean it in a very spiritual way, because it's a, it's a language of pictures, it's pictorial. God the Father and His Son, the Lord Himself, in most cases He speaks in pictures. You ever heard the old saying, a picture's worth a thousand words? God doesn't waste words. He just shows you a picture. That's why you have dreams, prophetic dreams. They're parables. It doesn't mean it's not God. It means that's just his language. He speaks in pictures, right? So it's interesting. The word presence is an interesting word. In the Hebrew word, the picture is face. Now, we are Western people. We are analytical people. We look at concepts and systems where God is ancient and spiritual so when we think of presence we try to break down the Greek the Hebrew and all these different things it's cute sounds good it's impressive but at the end of the day the word presence literally the implication the deeper meaning is the face of God the word presence the Hebrew word is pane. I shared this if you were watching the broadcast the other day with me and Pastor Wright. I shared this from the word of God and go back and look it up. It's very, very interesting. When Jacob wrestled with an angel, he changed the name of the place. Penel, Penel, P-E-N-E, then I-E-L, Penel. L-E-L is the ancient term, general term for God. El, like El Shaddai. El is God. Elohim. Come on, someone. Praise God. But then pene means face. So when Jacob wrestled with an angel, he saw pene. He saw the presence deeper. He saw the face of God. This Moses, God uses Moses to unveil this thing. Because Moses is a glory man. Moses is a man of God's presence and God's glory. And Moses said, God, I, I believe God, see, God will, put, God will put purpose in your heart to fulfill his own plan. Whatever God does on earth, he needs somebody to come in alignment. So God had to use Moses in his conversation to fulfill what God wanted to do in the first place. Somebody who get that one. Now, watch this. So what he does to him, uh, he sets him up. God is a master. He's, he's so wise. He, he sets this whole conversation up. Because God's intention was to reveal his face. So God had to, say the had to lay the foundation with Moses so it can later be fulfilled in Christ. Somebody can get that on the bus right home. Now let me say to thee, come on New Jersey, I'll pray you getting this. God had to use somebody, which happens to be Moses, to lay the foundation. But it's later fulfilled in his son Jesus. See, everything comes back to Jesus. Everything comes through and by him. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus said, uh, no one can come to the Father except by 
me, every revelation. The Bible says in sundry times, in old times, in the past, Hebrews chapter, I believe chapter one, he spoke to us by prophets, but in these days, he speaks to us by his son. Everything comes back, is fulfilled in Jesus, in Christ. What is the fulfillment? Moses lays the foundation. Panay, presence, but not just an ambiguous presence, not just a cloud. It's amazing to me, and I, I don't mean it. <clears throat> I see it all the time. I've seen it uh, dozens, if not hundreds of times. I've seen in the spirit realm the glory of the Lord. Uh, many times when I'm preaching, sometimes a haze will come over. I know I'm looking through my spiritual eyes, and a haze will come into the room, or a, a, a cloud will come into the room. But see, ladies and gentlemen, the glory is not the cloud. The cloud is what conceals the glory. The glory is the person in the cloud. My God. God uses the cloud, amen, to conceal his glory. That's what Moses is saying. Moses is saying, God, move the cloud. God, said, God says, that's exactly what I want you to ask me. Because once I remove this cloud, once I come down and show you my glory, I'm laying a foundation. I'm laying something that has to be fulfilled now. If it's never fulfilled, watch this, then God would not be God. Everything that God does in the old must be fulfilled in the new. Praise God. Now notice, he didn't, he didn't call him up to heaven to see his glory. God came down on the earth and walked on the earth and showed him the glory. That means there must be a fulfillment of that even in the earth. I pray somebody's getting that today. There must be a divine fulfillment. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Y'all got to excuse me. I might get to preaching and get fired up today because I'm talking about the glory of the Lord. I pray somebody is watching this. Lift your hands right where you are and begin to give Jesus, begin to give God the Father all the praise and the glory. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says, I will dwell in them and walk among them. See, I'm ahead of myself on that. Somebody should have got that right there. You ought to pull that out of Corinthians right there. That, that, that's, a, that's a point stop right there. That's why he says later, I will dwell among them and I will walk among them. One translation says, I will dwell in them and walk in them. Amen. The original text, it says, I will dwell among them and walk among them. What's happening right now? God now, his glory now begins to walk among man. For the first time recorded in scripture since the garden, God now comes down and he walks, hallelujah. Watch this, his glory now walks again with man like it did in the garden and he establishes this, this covenant with this promise with Moses. But he promised it, watch this, he does it before he institutes the law. He does it in the middle of a conversation of grace. Watch this. If God, remember, he brought the law before, but he broke it. So he's starting all over. He went to go get it. And before he announces and gives the terms, the Lord comes down on earth and walks among him. If he had waited until he gave the terms of the covenant and the people had vowed and gave an oath to the law like they did later, and then he walked down, then it would have been sealed under the law then all glory manifestation would have been relegated and stuck under the law. Y'all didn't get that. <laughs> but instead of that, God does it in the midst of a conversation of grace because God's foreknowledge knows. 
He knows that he's going to save. He's going to save us by grace through his son. So he, he does this in the midst of a conversation of grace. Hallelujah. Because God's intention was not just grace. It was glory that he may walk among us. So God establishes his foundational truth with Moses. And now once it's sealed with Moses in this conversation of grace, it's sealed forever, waiting to be fulfilled. Y'all better get that something. Waiting to be fulfilled. See, when God does something, it's either done then or it's waiting to be fulfilled. Like Jesus is coming back. It's waiting to be fulfilled. No matter what happens in the world, doesn't matter if it's Democrat, Republican, or anything in between. Amen. It doesn't matter. The whole, all of creation is waiting. See, once God puts something in action, it's either now or it's pending. So God now, if you will, he has this with Moses and it's pending fulfillment. Hallelujah. Now, y'all want some more? I feel the Holy Ghost. It's pending fulfillment. What happens? He, 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 He embeds more spiritual revelation in the text. Someone may ask me, where'd you get this from? I got this from the Lord. Now, please get this. This is so important. He says, right now, under this dispensation, I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the theology behind it. He doesn't say it, but, he, but this is the understanding. I would love to show you my face, Moses, but under this dispensation, under this time frame, I can't do it. Because if you look at my face now as an unregenerate man, as a man still under sin, under the administration of sin, if you looked at me now because of sin, you see my face, it would zap you, you would die. Can't, I can't do that to you, Moses. But what I will do, I will show you my glory, but I'm going to reserve the right of my face. But I'm going to establish something, a foundation with you, that now I must later come back and fulfill. <laughs> oh, the God is so good. I'm telling somebody say this was a setup. This was a setup. Come on. If, if you, I don't know where you're watching from. I know you, you might be at home, but I got to go old school. Turn to your neighbor and say this is a setup. Come on. Turn to your other neighbor. Come on. Turn to your mama. Come on. Say this is a setup. <laughs> God set this thing up. This God, God, this conversation, Moses, it may seem like Moses initiated this, but God, there's nothing that God doesn't do that he doesn't initiate. Hallelujah. He just needed a vessel to come in agreement with him. So now the glory comes down on earth. But before the glory comes, he gives us a couple keys. Y'all want some more keys? He says, the Bible says he took him and covered him with his hand. And he put him in the cleft of a rock. He put him in a cleft of a rock. And the Bible clearly says a place close to him. So here, yeah, you, you want another revelation? I'm going to give you the New Testament revelation. The cleft of the rock represents, remember I said God is a foundational God. The cleft of a rock represents what God is saying without saying. But he was saying in, a, in picture. He's saying this. You can see my glory, but before you can see my glory, you have to be on the right foundation. If your foundation is wrong, you'll never see his glory. That's why good teaching and understanding of the word of God, the whole counsel of God, is a prerequisite for experiencing the glory of the Lord. You can go to church, love Jesus, sing your favorite song. Jesus said, he that believeth on me as the scriptures has said. See, you've got to have the right doctrine. You have to have the right understanding. It's not in doctrine alone, but it is the foundation. Christ Jesus and no other foundation. 
So if you're still struggling, in other words, with, with other belief systems and so forth, are you still? No, no, no. You got to be solidified on that rock of Gibraltar, on that rock foundation. Christ Jesus and him crucified. Remember I mentioned earlier, Jesus had the conversation with Peter. He said, upon this rock. But now, here it is again, thousands of years earlier, the picture of a rock. He takes Moses, puts him on the foundation. And he says, but the foundation is fine. But to see glory, you got to be close to me. So here's what he's doing. First of all, the rock represents the foundation, right? We have the foundation, which is on Christ, which is righteousness by faith. We have been given grace, right? We are justified by faith through grace. Come on, somebody. It's a gift of God, lest any man should boast. So that's the grace of God. However, if he stopped there, it'd be fine. But he didn't. He says, I'm going to put you on the rock, but also I'm going to put you close to me. So here's what happens. Grace puts us in position. But it's our, it's our fellowship and communion with God that draws us close. In other words, grace is the means. It's, it's the foundation on the righteousness of God, which is in Christ Jesus. We are on that foundation. Watch this. However, it's in that foundation. Now it's your opportunity. It's up to you to draw near. See, the key to glory is not theology. That's the key to grace. The key to glory. You got to get the right theology, grace. Once you're in the right theology, right foundation, right understanding, now glory is a matter of the heart, a matter of relationship, drawing close. See, you know, everybody, there are a lot of people saved, but how I many know everybody not close to him? See, what I love about the Lord is he places all in Christ on that same rock. But it has to be in your heart to draw near. See, it's interesting that I said earlier that the word pene or presence deals with the face of God. There's only one part feature on God that he requires you to seek. So you got to understand how to rightly divide the word of God. Sometimes even as grace preachers or kingdom preachers or New Testament preachers, we still we throw everything in the same basket. Nowhere does it say seek his hand. See, he always extends his hand. The only feature of God that you have to seek is his face. Early shall I seek thy face. Come on now. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves, most people skip over the next part, humble themselves and pray. And watch this, another part, seek my face. Then I will hear from heaven. See, the reason why God has me teaching you and telling you and inspiring you, amen, and pushing you toward glory, because he says, once they seek my face, then, my God. See, many times we pray, we humble ourselves, we repent, we fast, but we don't seek his face. The key, hallelujah, to revival, the, the key to turnaround in your life, the key to transformation is not the hand of God, that's salvation. The key to change and revelation is the face of God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, we are transformed by beholding in an image, beholding in a mirror, beholding in a glass the glory of the Lord. It's that seeing, looking for the face of God. I don't mean figuratively. I don't mean preacher talk. I'm talking about in a real way. Hallelujah. I remember my, my, my dad was a great prophet of the Lord. And I'm, I promise you, I'm not exaggerating. He got to a point before he went on with the Lord. Every time my father would pray or see God, his face would come to him. 
So he would say, you know, like sometime in the scripture, it would say the face of the Lord is upon me. Well, my dad would say, son, the face of the Lord. That's beginning to happen to me. Amen. That's a, that's, a, that's a process. Let me tell you something. You won't get this all in one message. There's so much to this that I can teach and convey to you. Praise God. But he used to say to me, son, he would say certain things to me. He says, but you can't, you, you, you can't do all these different things and look at the face of God. In other words, you can be saved because that's the hand of God. Let, let me put it this way. Remember when Peter got out of the boat with Jesus was walking on water. And the Bible says as they were walking on water, Jesus took his eyes off. Jesus began to look at the storm. He sank. What did Jesus extend to him? His hand. He said, Jesus, save me. Right? That's symbolic. That's a, that's a, that's a message right there. Jesus, save me. What did he save him with? His hand. So salvation, the picture of salvation is the arm of the Lord. Who shall believe the report of the Lord? To whom shall the arm of the Lord be revealed? Isaiah chapter 53. So God extends his arm as an act of grace, as an act of salvation. Deliverance is his finger. Come on, someone. The finger of God. Jesus said, if I cast out devils by the finger of God, then you know what? The kingdom has come nigh unto thee. Amen. So we have we have the arm or the finger of God. Then we have the heart of God, which is the love of God. John, the beloved of the Lord, rested his head upon the breast of Jesus. He was beloved of the Lord. That was a picture symbolic of the heart of God. But then there's a whole nother level, which is the pane, the presence, the face of or the glory of God. He says, I'm going to put you on a rock, but you got to get close to me. See, God, it's one thing to be saved. It's another thing to enter into closeness with him. See, it's in that closeness where he'll show you his face. I remember this beginning to happen to me early on in my life. As we said before, I just had a birthday. But when I first got saved, 21, 22 years old, I would spend hours not knowing anything better, seeking the face of the Lord. Now, I learned this from a man who was a face-to-face prophet. Now, when I say face-to-face prophet, please don't take that lightly. People will hear this and say, okay, I'm a face-to-face prophet. I saw his face one time. No, you saw his face. That'll make you a face-to-face prophet. That's a whole nother teaching. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me caveat that real quick, just real quick. God is a God of order. Order doesn't just mean design, but order. Like, for example, we are now priests after the order of Melchizedek. Uh, the, there was an order of the Levitical priests. Right. So there's different types of orders of prophets, even with Moses. Moses said God came down in Numbers chapter 12, says I speak to prophets by dream and by vision and by and by uh, dark saying. But I speak to Moses from a different order. He's a different order of prophet. I speak to him face to face. Come on, someone. So there's different orders, different ranks in God. See, we're all the same as people, but we're not all the same in rank. That's why it's a kingdom. It's the same way at your job. Your boss is same. It is. It's just you're just as much human and equal as your boss. But but in their work, in the work they carry more rank. It's the same way in God's kingdom. You're the same. It's the, you know you've heard the old saying. It's level at the foot of the cross. Yes, it's the same. But in the kingdom, when it comes to our work, God distributes as He sees fit. Praise God. So there's different rank and order. So when I say face to face. 
there, there's a face-to-face -face relationship that we all can have on some level. But then, of course, there's face-to-face -face ministry, which is a whole nother thing. Similar but different. Are, are y'all with me today? So there's different orders in the way God does things. There's different ranks and orders. You know, the Bible talks about even when Jesus fed the 5,000, the Bible says that he set them down in rank and order. Hallelujah. Amen. I could preach that too. There, there are some miracles that's waiting for you. Uh, until you understand rank and order in the kingdom, there are some miracles you will never experience. Come on, somebody. Praise God. So here, 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 God now. So, so God established this, this, this several things in the text. He establishes something that's later going to be fulfilled. He establishes grace, a foundation of grace, a revelation of grace, which is later fulfilled, of course, we know, in Christ. So he fulfills that in Christ. And then also that rock is the revelation of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Amen. The Christ and the son of the living God, which was later fulfilled. Amen. This is so awesome. Praise God. And now the Bible says he created a new and living way where we can draw near. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. This is so awesome. But somebody would say, wait a minute, hold on, hold, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute, apostle. If that's apostle, whatever you call yourself. Come on now. Wait a minute, apostle. Wait a wait, wait, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But God clearly told Moses. See, see, I've heard people say that. No man. man. Let's go back. Verse 20. And he said, Thou cannot see my face. For there, where's there? In his face. Shall no man see me and live. Absolutely. During that time, under that under that dispensation because that's why the law was the law was given later to show us our sin but christ came to change everything see under the administration of moses the bible talks about the difference between moses and jesus in the book of hebrews under the administration of moses amen because christ the son hadn't come you couldn't see his face if you look upon his face, you would die. But watch this. Under the administration of his son, Jesus, you look upon his face, you now live. Jesus, I've come to give life and life more abundantly. I pray somebody's getting this today. So as I was saying earlier, many times, so what would happen to me, literally, I would begin to, in my visions and in my dreams, in my I would spend hours ministering to the Lord. Acts chapter 13 says, as they ministered to the Lord, the Holy Ghost said, so I began to become acquainted in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Some of it I stumbled across. Some of it I began to learn. And, and so I began to minister to the Lord. All of a sudden, I'm telling you, y'all ready for this? I'm telling you what God would begin to deal with me. So I began to experience his presence. Then I never forget it. One time I was in prayer, the first time I experienced his power. It wasn't in the service. I had seen his presence, but I had never experienced power like this before. Uh, this was probably, uh, I don't know, 1993, 94, give or take. I'm not like some. I don't remember dates and stuff all the time because let me tell you why. I had so many encounters with the Lord, I used to never write them down. I thought because I didn't grow up in church, I just thought that was just part of the deal. So I didn't record it. I didn't make a big deal out of it per se. I wish I knew then what I know now. I would have had 50 books just then. <laughs> no, but here, here's the reality of it. So I, I, so I will never forget it. I was laying in my room. I was actually in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was actually at Raymond. And, I was, and I, was, I was ministering to the Lord. I was spending time worshiping, spending time. I'm not a singer, but I'm a worshiper. And I'm loving on him. I'm tarrying. My father, he's from old school. He's called it tarrying. I would, I would tarry or wait in his presence. But hallelujah, thank you, Lord. I was just, just, and I was seeking his face. 
I mean, I would have some of the most miraculous encounters of the Lord. And I'll never forget it. I, I, the, the power of God was so tangible, I could hear it. I was praying. I was sitting, I heard it sound like, like an electric generator just filled the room. Now, if you were standing beside me, you probably wouldn't hear a thing. All this I know now was operating in my spirit. But, but in the spirit, when it's happening to you, you don't know if, you, if it's physical or spiritual because it's that real. Sometimes it's through the ministry of an open vision, various ways. I won't get into all that. But I want you to get this. Now, where I'm sharing this with you, New Jersey, because I believe I'm on an assignment. I told that with Pastor Wright, not only for your church, Kingdom Living, I believe it's to, it's to inspire you and, to, and, and that God may manifest and reveal and visit. But it's also, I believe, it's to set up that entire region for visitation. Wait, wait, back to the story. So I, I, I'll never forget it. I mean, it sounded like a generator came in the room. Like, whoom. Ooh, just tremendous. And I can feel it. It's not electricity, but it's the closest thing because I've never been shocked you know, on, on, a, on a very high level. But it felt like some type of spiritual electricity. I mean intense power where my flesh, it felt like it was so powerful. It felt like the flesh was going to come off my bones. But it didn't hurt, but yet there was a fear. But not a, not an ungodly fear, a reverence, and, and I was awed by it. A W E, like an awe. Where we get the word awesome. To be awed, awesome, and that power. And I never forget it. I said, like, "What was that? My God!" So I called my dad. I said, "See, you need a mentor." He said, "Son, that's the power of God." I said, "Well, you know, I usually feel God's presence. I cry and all that." He said, "Yeah, yeah, okay." He said, "But you broke through. You went from presence to power." See, most of you, most believers never go past their first experience with the Lord. They park it right there and build a, and build a whole doctrine on their first experience encounter with the Lord. When the word of God gives us many, many, many vast experiences with him. Now, I know we don't base our whole life upon experiences. We base upon the word of God. But what good is God's word if there's no experience? Amen. Praise God. You like pizza? Why? It's not because you read a book on it. When somewhere you went to some restaurant somewhere, you ordered pepperoni sauces and jalapenos. Come on, somebody. Amen. They brought the pizza to you. You took a bite of it and said, mm, I like pizza. Why? It wasn't because you just read the ingredients. You taste. The Bible says taste and see that the Lord is good. Everything God gives us is so that we can taste. The Bible says those have tasted of the good word. Amen. And experience of that of the world to come. Praise God. Am I in the right place in here today? Hallelujah. And that power was so intense. Now, let me share this with you. I want you to get so. I said, okay. He said, next time it comes, son, he said, just relax and say, I receive in Jesus' name. So, okay, okay. Now, when you're young, it's like training wheels, spiritual things. God, he, he, you got to put training wheels on first. Then you take the training wheels off. So, what happened? I did it again. I began to worship the Lord. I couldn't make it happen. I, I, it, 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 periodically, I closed my eyes, worship the Lord, minister to the Lord. All of a sudden, that ooh, intense power. So, oh, okay, thank you, Lord. And it lifted. Then I went into some dreams. The Lord began to talk to me about some things. But then later, I'd say um, six to eight months later, I'm back here in Louisville, Kentucky. I had just graduated from Raymond. I'm laying on the couch in, my, um, in the living room. At the time, I was, I was about to go to school to Louisiana, so I went back to Louisville for my family, so I was staying there. At my parents' house for those, you know, summer months until I transitioned and moved to Louisiana. When I was there, I was laying on the couch. And I was laying on the couch as I typically do. I usually minister to the Lord as I, I usually go to sleep ministering to the Lord. I believe that's the key 
Now, I, I can't promise you God deals with people differently. But I believe that's the key why I've had so many dreams from the Lord. It's, it's, I think that's sort of the method in which God uses. He draws me, amen, and opens my spirit to receive from him by dream. Praise God. Amen. So as I, as, so I was ministering to the Lord. I'm laying on the couch. As I'm laying on the couch, that intense power come again. Now, as I, as I drifted off, I heard someone like, like in my sleep, but it was in my spirit, but in my sleep. And they said to me, I heard a voice say to me, follow his footsteps. Word for word. That was exactly what they said to me. They didn't say who his was. They just said, follow his footsteps. Supernaturally, I woke up or I came out of it, but I'm, this intense power is on me. It was like I couldn't move anything. I was like I was paralyzed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And this energy and this power is just permeating through my body. Now stay with me. I'm going somewhere with it. This ain't about me, but I got, I, I, I'm not afraid to be transparent about me. Amen. So it can be a blessing to you. Hallelujah. So you got to lose your dignity to be used by God. You, 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 I know I'm talking to somebody right now. You, you, once, once you are mature and solidified in your experiences with God and the word of God, you can't be so afraid of what people may think that you can't be a blessing to nobody. Sometimes you got to put yourself out there, amen, amen, to be a blessing to others. Can I get an amen on that? So this intense power comes upon me. I'm telling you intense power. And all of a sudden I, I come out of it, but it's powers on me. Now supernaturally I'm awake. I'm laying on the couch like this. As I'm laying on the couch, the back of the couch is behind me, so it's impossible. But supernaturally, I'm looking down the hallway. As I'm looking down the hallway, you ever seen the movie The Invisible Man? As I'm looking down the hallway, I can see in the carpet indentions of footsteps coming, someone walking like an invisible man. And every time there was an indention of, 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 of footprint, a footprint, shaft of light would come out. Light. Light. And this in, intense energy or power was coming down that hallway and I can see, I couldn't see who it was, but I could see the footprints in the carpet coming. Come on, someone. Come on, Steve, Steven Spielberg ain't got nothing on Jesus. Come on. <laughs> and he's coming down. And that supernaturally, I'm looking through my spirit, I guess. That's the only way I could see that. It's a vision. But it's, I mean, I'm telling you the new man. That's why we have a new body in the kingdom of God. Uh, I, I mean, you know, the Bible says he can do exceedingly above that you ask or think. That word think means imagine. God the Father's on such a realm that, that when you get to experience him, you'll be like, wait a minute, that's make-believe. No, that's God. Because he's beyond what you can make-believe. He's beyond what you can imagine. Think about that. That's how great God is. That's why he built the universe. He said, as far as you can imagine, I can beat you at that. I'm beyond what you can even imagine. You know, humans have a vivid imagination. He said, I'm beyond that. Praise God. So now all of a sudden, this energy of power stands behind me. I mean, I'm, I mean, power like I've never felt before. And all of a sudden, I hear a whisper inside of me, Jesus. It was so intense, I didn't even want to turn around. And then I turned around, he was gone. And then that was the start of my journey with the power and the glory of the Lord. And then later, that was the power. And then later, maybe a couple years after that, I was laying there and that same intense power came. This was in Louisiana. I was going to open my eyes and brightest light 
it, the bright was the light was so real to me. It was so physical to me. This is real. Please get this. I want to be a blessing to you. It was so real and so physical to me. Watch this. That I, in my in my bed in Louisiana, there were windows. I was I had a townhouse, so there's the the headboard, windows above. I saw the light. I actually raised up and I was going to look over to make sure there weren't some kind of headlights shining through the window like car, like a car but I'm on the second floor so why would that be but that was my initial thought then I, that's how physical it was and I look and the light began to move and I'm thinking Lord what is it I said Lord and you know you know how you are in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name <laughs> I receive all uh, uh, you know you about to buy and repeat what, uh, what is it in Jesus name right <laughs> and all of a sudden that round light that power that intense energy power came over me i can't make it happen it only happens when god and all of a sudden that light i can't explain it transformed into the face of jesus his beautiful splendid high cheekbones he has almond shaped eyes and i saw him what's his complexion i don't know but i, I couldn't tell his complexion because he was all light just emanating light and his and his face and he turned his head and he did like and all of a sudden that light switched again and it switched to a garment it's almost like like when you when you when you like uh, you, like you got a ledge here and you take the garment and you flip the garment over it all of a sudden turned to a garment and then that garment was just there suspended. I'm telling you what I saw. And then I went into a vision and then the Lord began to tell me all about my life and what I would do and the future and all these and how many years it would eventually take before I begin to walk into some of this. I'm telling you there's nobody like him. Hallelujah. Keep that camera right there in front. I'm telling you there's nobody like him. Praise God. And, and, and I, for years, can I share something? For years, I thought that was his garment. For nearly 20 years, I thought that was his garment. Until when I turned 42 and he moved me into the office of apostle. He says, you know that garment you saw? I said, yes, Lord. He said, that wasn't mine. That was your mantle. My God, somebody better give Jesus praise. Now, I feel the Holy Ghost on that one. That's fire. That's the spirit of God witnessing right now. Come on, New Jersey, right now. And whoever's watching from all over the world, lift your hands right now. There's an impartation that's happening. Come on, receive this right now in the name of Jesus. God will confirm my word. I know I'm telling the truth. He will confirm, my, will confirm his word because my word that I'm giving is his word. So that's where it began to happen with me. I've always seen the glory, Jesus. I, I, never get, I never get just sandal wearing Jesus. <laughs> I always get glory, and I know why. I didn't know why at first. He always comes to me in this tremendous the wall. One time he came to me, and all the walls of the house fell out. And all of a sudden, the roof disappeared. Literally. I'm looking at this like, what? And there he is in front of me. Man, he's, he's you talking about drama. <laughs> By God, you talking about drama. I mean, think about our God. When he split the Red Sea, he, sent, he, he blows his nose, so to speak, and he splits the Red Sea. He, he has this creative nature about him. He's almost over the top sometimes. You know why he can be over the top? Because he's just being God. For us, it's over the top. It's just him being him. Hallelujah. So that's how he was, and to this day, 50-something times since then, and that's, that's, that's the visitations. That's not the, the inner visions and different ways I see him. That's all the time. Now, I'm still led by the inner witness. But even with that, he works along with that too. 
I'll begin to perceive something, sense something. And if it's really, really like I'm not getting it, sometime I'll, I'll close my eyes, begin to pray, and I'll see his face, and he'll just he'll tell me one word. And I know, oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, what am I sharing with you? I'm, I'm sharing with all those experiences. That's a part of the glory of the Lord. See, I, I've been at all the conferences. I sense the presence of the Lord. I've, been, I've seen what people slain in the spirit, felt the power and all this different thing. But when I began to see and began to deal with Jesus, and then later I was seeing the glory of Jesus, and then later in life, and even now, I began to see the glory of the Father. Jesus said he would return in the glory of his Father. See, there's the glory of the Son, but then there's the glory of the Father. Come on, someone. Remember, God is one, but he's manifested in three persons. Yes, the glory of the Lord. He's so one. Amen. But there, but there is the Father himself. My God, one time I was praying in Ohio. Uh, my wife and I, amen. Uh, First Lady Miley, for those in New Jersey, I jumped right into my word. I don't want to leave my beautiful wife out. Amen. But uh, we were in Ohio, and I'm wrapping up. Uh, we were in Ohio, and she was on a, on a business trip, and she had left. I wanted to go with her, and I hung out with her. So she left. I was unannounced to me. I didn't do anything special. I just I laid back on the bed. I mean, I was already dressed or whatever, and I just laid back for a minute, you know, just take a quick, just to chill. I wasn't taking, I wasn't going to sleep. As soon as my back of my head touched the pillow, I was above the clouds. When I was above the clouds, I could see from a distance the rolling, like rolling clouds. You ever been on an airplane? On an airplane, when you're like above the clouds and you look out the window and you see the rolling clouds. That's what it looked. It looked just like, just like that, rolling for miles. And in the distance, I can see one likened unto the Son of Man. I can see the Ancient of Days. And I knew it was the Father himself sitting above the earth. Come on now. And I heard the voice of the Lord say, Jah. At the time, I was like, Jah, what in the world is that? Jah. But then I began to realize, I think it's Psalm 168 or Psalm 68. Psalm uh, 68 or 168. It says, Jah, who sitteth above the clouds. My God, what is that? Through the spirit, that's the glory of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, here's the thing about it. If you never see anything, you just as saved if you never see a thing. You're justified by faith. You have found grace with God. But here's what I'm telling you. God gave us grace, like Moses, that we may move to glory. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's my whole point. See, we have stopped at grace. Grace is not the final frontier. God has given us grace that we may move into glory. Our final resting place. Amen. Even in the kingdom of God. Come on, give me this camera here. Even in the kingdom of God, hallelujah, is the glory of the Lord. Praise God. Somebody shout the glory of the Lord. It's about the glory of the Lord. He wants us to see and experience his glory. Now, I, I know there's no distance in the spirit. I know this is where now I, my ministry is a little complex. I, I really am. I operate more in the ministry of an apostle. So I, but I'm also standing in the office of prophet. I was a prophet way before I ever was an apostle. Now, now to me, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't lose sleep one way or the other. Here's my point. I just want you to receive it. The Bible says he that receives a prophet as a prophet receives a prophet reward. Even a man who gives water, a righteous man gives water in the name of a righteous man should also get his reward. See, you, 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 you receive the way you receive. Right? If you don't you have to receive the ministry. Praise God. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to lift your hands, kingdom living, right now in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to have to wrap up. 
Hallelujah. I could go another two hours. I really could. If I was there with you in person, I'd probably go. We begin to minister in the Holy Ghost in the supernatural realm. Amen. But right today, I believe because it, it's, it's a one day thing. It's a, it's a one service thing. I'm not, I, I'm not able to get into some other things. But I believe God's going to meet us at the, at the highest order. Right? There's miracles. There's healing. But the highest order is the Lord himself. You ever thought about that? We can have a healing service. And we need that. People get healed. But what's greater, him or the healing? What, what is the greater order, the order of miracles and healing or the order of face-to-face? Face-to-face. See, God has sent me today to release this to you. I believe, Pastor Wright, it's because of your faithfulness and God is bringing back to you, I say this in all, in all honor to the Lord, but even to you and to the ministry, God is bringing back to you what you started. It was the supernatural. Amen. It was the supernatural that drew you to him. And it's been a journey and it's been a season, says the Spirit of the Lord. I feel the fire of God on me as I say this. It's been a journey, but the Lord said, I brought you full circle. I'm bringing you now into the fullness of that season. How said he cut him out? You've operated in part and even in measure. But Lord said, now I'm moving you to at least in the fullness of that. This day, says the Spirit of the Most High God, you and your wife, hallelujah, you are now in that season. And God said, I have positioned you in the name of Jesus. I have positioned kingdom living. How said it? You've gone through some pruning, says the Spirit of God. But God said, fear not. Now you shall begin to bear new fruit. And this is the fruit of God's glory. God now, says the Spirit of God, he is setting you up for visitation. You have had others that bring prophetic to bring impartation but this is of the highest order that of face to face says the spirit of god come on kingdom living all of you that is watching by social media or wherever you may be watching lift your hands now and receive the uh, uh, unadulterated word of god the anointing of the most high god hallelujah i'm, I'm telling you soluble come on somebody now 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 hallelujah receive the higher order receive his face receive the face-to-face prophet receive the glory of the lord and then everything subsequent will happen think about that if if, if i shoot for his face that means everything underneath gonna come to me that means healing and everything else i shoot shoot for the star shoot shoot for the highest and everything subsequent will be given to you that's why jesus said seek ye first the kingdom of god seek the higher order and all these things will be added unto you See how God's a God of order? <laughs> Somebody would ask, man, where do you get this revelation? You could tell, like they said with Peter, he's a man that had been with Jesus. I didn't learn this in theology school. I learned the principles. I learned the, the resources. But the revelation comes from the Lord. Praise God. Are you being blessed today? Come on, impartation today. Now, that's all, I'm, I, that's all I'm, I, my assignment today is face to face. The glory of the Lord. Interesting, God called Moses a face-to-face, but Moses never saw his face. But God's word is so sure, he had to fulfill it in Jesus. And that's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we now can see the face of God in the face of Jesus. See, we've scratched the service, church. I'm here to inspire you, to nudge you, to push you higher to the higher order, the face of God. Hallelujah. You don't have to just wait till you die and go to heaven. Thank God for that. We will see the fullness then. I mean, totally uninhibited. But the ministry of the Spirit also has, has made it available where our relationship with the Father and His Son 
it, does, it shouldn't be inhibited. We, we, we're free. The, the Spirit brings liberty, freedom to know him and the power of his resurrection. Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I keep seeing this. Now, sometimes the Lord will give me letters. I don't know why. Uh, and then sometimes he'll give me the whole name. He's God. I just obey him. All right. You're trying to please get out of this. Could try to figure him out. I, that was one of my issues because I, I guess I was kind of smart. You know, I was always kind of a smart kid, even though I stayed in trouble. I was always kind of smart. But sometimes you with God, I'm being facetious, but I, I think you know what I'm about to say. You can be too smart. And you can't hear or get from him. But I keep seeing the letter E. Somebody, the letter E. I don't know if the, the letter E, I even get the name Evelyn. Right now, does, I keep seeing that E, Evelyn, something about your chest, breathing. Take a deep breath, Evelyn. I don't know if you're part of the church or you, maybe you're watching on social media. I don't know. Uh, maybe if I press in, the Lord would tell me. Bottom line is what he has shown me is that. Begin to lift your hands, Evelyn. E, Evelyn, receive your healing right now. Take a deep breath. You're free. It's broken right now. In the name of Jesus, Hallelujah! There's somebody you you even I said about great great financial tragedy that has happened to you that's hit you, Hallelujah! Even in your bank account, I mean it has been a great I don't know a great travesty against your finances. Someone specifically, lift your hands. God promised you that He's going to restore. Don't be in despair. Fear not, for the Lord's going to bring it back in due season. It's going to be a process, but it will be a quick work. Receive this word, says the Spirit of God, and it is yours in Jesus' name. Somebody now, right now, uh, uh, vision problems, cataracts, God is healing you now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, receive that. The Lord is healing. God is doing some, some someone been having, you've been having serious, it's a woman, you've been having serious stomach pains at the, in your lower abdomen. Hallelujah. Place your hand right there on your stomach now. Come on, we have in church now. Come on, place your hand upon your abdomen now. In the name of Jesus, you're being healed now, right now, in the name of Jesus, the name that's above every name. Somebody watching, I don't know if you're part of the church or wherever, somebody by the name of Scott, you're being healed now. Something about your throat. Throat. You're being healed in the name of Jesus. A thyroid condition. You're being healed in Jesus' name. Praise God. There's nobody like the Lord. Hallelujah. The glory to the Lamb. Amen. Somebody, your right ear. You're being healed now in the name of Jesus. The name that's above every name. Hallelujah. Kingdom living. This is the time of visitation from you. I know now. Please. Now, a lot of time we're so theological. Well, I know God. I know the Lord. I, I used to be like that. When I used to deal with my dad, I came back from Rame. I came back from, you know, world evangelism, Bible college. I had my little degrees in theology. And he say, you know, he would say things like that. And I'd be like, well, I know who I am in Christ. You know, and I didn't realize I was of the wrong spirit. I didn't realize that, that I was operating what's called positional truth, but I wasn't experiencing it. See, I was on the rock, but I hadn't moved close. Come on, someone. So you could be on the rock and still not know him. See, he says there's a, there's a place close to me, not just a rock, but I want you close to me. See, I'm giving you keys how to move close. And these things are not just out of a Wigglesworth book or a John G. Lake book, amen, but out of the book and out of your experience and your relationship and your encounter with the almighty God. See, face-to-face -to, -face to me is not just a once-in-a-while encounter. It's become a lifestyle for me. And continue to pray for me as I pray for you. But I'm telling you, this is the beginning of something special. This is the beginning of a divine impartation. God is taking you higher. I'm telling you, the Lord set this up. Thank you, Pastor Wright and First Lady Wright, for being obedient to the Spirit of God, but this is divine providence. This is the will of the God of, God of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody give Jesus praise in this place. 
Hallelujah. So we are so blessed here. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to go. I, I, I'm telling you, I feel such a heavy anointing. It's amazing how this works in the spirit. It's amazing how much God loves us. I pray. I know that you've received this word. Amen. I pray you go chew on it some more, meditate on it more. But more importantly, I want you to receive it. I want to hear the testimony. Pastor Wright, reach out to me. Let me know. We want to hear the testimonies of people, their visitation, their encounters with the Lord. Now, this is important. Sometimes I used to be like that when I first started because you could be, what happens is you're taught to be so skeptic. But you could be so skeptic that you're really operating in doubt. I, I used to, I, I, I did that. You know the word doubt, it means, in the Greek, it means to divide. It means to analyze. See, you could spend your whole life analyzing God and never believe nothing. You got to get to a point where you lay aside and say, God, I believe. And that's what happened to me in my life. There was a point in my life where I said, God, I even when I don't understand everything. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. What well, I pray that you was, that this was a blessing to you. I'm Apostle Chad Collins. Our churches are in Kentucky. I know uh, uh, Pastor Dwayne and Pastor, Pastor Wright, First Lady Wright, and Pastor Wright, I should say, himself as well, uh, will share all that information. But I thank God for you for inviting me into your space, into your domain, into your ministry, into your church. I believe everything is divine. This is supernatural. Amen. I'm telling you, you will never be the same. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you once again for inviting me, me, my wife, First Lady Molly. We're so excited on behalf of the Miracle Life family. Uh, amen. We just, we just, we here. We're ready to serve. Uh, uh, keep us in prayer. Look out. God's about to take us global. We, we want to reach the entire world. It never was something, a desire of mine, but it's something God has always shown me. I, I, I had to finally just accept it. I'm telling you, I've, I've been knowing it since I was 22 years old. I dreamt every night about it. Amen. But it's taken almost 30 years now. We're beginning to move. We love you. We thank God for those that souls into the ministry. However, God leads you. We'll let pastor take care of that. But amen. We love you today. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you real soon. God bless. That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.